Welcome back to the Better Call Saul Insider Podcast. This is the first of the bonus episodes we talked about last week. And we'll be releasing them probably every week between now and the second half of the final season. Uh, on this first bonus episode, we're kicking off the conversation with the special Jimmy McGill episode of American Greed, which features several characters from Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad, including Betsy and Craig Kettleman. And joining me for the podcast are the Kettlemans themselves, Julianne Emery and Jeremy Shamos, as well as the writers of the American Greed episode, Better Call Saul co-creator Vince Gilligan, and season six writer's assistant Valerie Chu. Now, if you haven't seen it before, American Greed is a real, it's a real show. It's a long-running documentary series on CNBC, uh, and I'm going to quote Wikipedia here. It focuses on the stories behind high-profile corporate and white-collar crimes, betrayals, and scams in American history. And among the many fans of the show is our very own Vince Gilligan. And in this podcast, we dive into how this special episode came into existence. Uh, You can check it out if you haven't seen it. It's on the YouTube pages of CNBC Prime or AMC, or you can just search for American Greed James McGill. You'll definitely find it out there. Uh, Finally, if you have any lingering questions from the first five and a half seasons of the show, I know that's kind of a broad topic, but feel free to email us your questions at bcsinsiderpodcast at gmail.com because we're considering, we, we may or may not do this, but we're considering doing a kind of mailbag episode. So send us your questions and we just might answer them. Uh, all right, I've already said too much. Big thanks to Jen Carroll for putting this together. And now, my conversation with Julianne Emery, Jeremy Shamos, Vince Gilligan, and Valerie Chu. Thank you guys for doing this. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you for having us back. <laughs> yeah. Yay! Thank you for the reimagination of the Kettleman's period. I yeah. mean, yeah, well, let's, I mean, let's yeah. even just start with the Kettleman's. Like, uh, the, uh, they're the, I mean, the characters both in the world and just as characters on a show, they, they will not die. They just keep <laughs> coming. They keep surviving, keep coming back. I mean, t- and you know, we've got, so let's start with the beginning with the Kettleman's uh, in season one. Like, you, so you guys get this role and Vince, you talk too about the, the creation of these characters. What, what do you remember from that first season? You know, and I'm not being trying, I'm not trying to get a laugh or be funny. I remember so little. (laughs) It's it's all a blur, you know, Uh, but, but it was, we created, obviously we, uh, Peter and the writers and I, uh, when we were creating the pilot episode and actually the pilot episode was, uh, that was, that was, you know, from, from then on after the pilot, it was, it was much more of a group effort, but, uh, but, but Peter and I, uh, we're, we're more front and center on that very first episode. And, and obviously the Kettleman's appear in that first episode. And, and we, God, I'm trying to remember. I just, we wanted a couple of interesting characters who were going to turn out to be, uh, look like the big fish, you know, for that, for that episode, the big fish uh, in terms of, you know, uh, uh, clients uh, for, for Jimmy to catch. And then they, you know, they, 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 they want to go a different way. <laughs> As with all of the best characters on Better Call Saul and and Breaking Bad, we didn't know how great these characters, the Kettlemans, were going to be because we did we hadn't yet cast Julianne and Jeremy and and like you know with with uh, with Jesse Pinkman, like with you know uh, uh, Kim Wexler. It, we, before you have the actor, you you don't know what you've got, and, and the Kettlemans. We didn't have a big plan for the Kettlemans to be super important going forward. That was not never the plan until we cast these two marvelous actors. Julianne, what do you prefer? Do you prefer actor or actress? I, guess I always ask that because Ray prefers actor. What do you prefer? I, I, as long as you're nice to me, I really don't care. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think of actor as a gendered thing. Like a writer is gotcha. a writer and a director is a director. So I, I just really don't. Care. That's what she yeah. says. Okay, so I'll yeah. just say actor. Yeah. But I tell you, uh, when we cast these two marvelous actors. Then suddenly, like the, the the horizon, you know, like the sky opened up, and we, you know, and it's just we, we saw, my God, we could do so much more with these characters, and that's that's what I remember. I just remember being so delighted from the first time I laid eyes on these two uh, on the audition tape, 
uh, you know, which we received from the marvelous uh, uh, Sharon B. Alley and Sherry Thomas. Uh, that, 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 that you guys, when we first saw you guys, I'm going to turn it over to you guys because people want to hear from you. But people hear from me plenty on these things. Uh, they want to hear from you <laughs> and from Val. We want to hear from Val too. But uh, that's what I remember. I don't, I, Jeremy, I don't know if you remember. I remember at getting the audition and going, oh, I'm not right for this. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll read that. I'll make this work on me and hopefully they'll see me for something else down the road. I, Sharon brought, you know, always brings, had always brought me in for a lot of their stuff, Sharon and Sherry. And I was like, oh, maybe they'll just think of me for something else. So I'll just try to make it work. I, I was floored to actually get the role. And then I remember getting to Albuquerque and Jeremy and I going, who are these people? What is this supposed to be? Like neither of us. And what I think, Jeremy, am I remembering this right or wrong? Didn't we come in with our suitcases to the hotel and there was some abbreviated version of a writer's room in the hotel, like downstairs oh, yeah. in that meeting room? Right. And we went in there and we were like, so what do you guys want from these characters? And they're like, they're like, just do what you did in your audition. And I'm like, I didn't know what I was doing in my audition. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I remember, Jeremy, we got very brave and showed each, we had both self-taped and sent to Sharon because we were both out of, not in Los Angeles at the time. And um, um, we got very brave and shared our audition tapes with each other, which is feels like when you're an actor being naked in front of someone. I don't know why it feels so vulnerable, but it does. And then we were both like, oh, because we could sort of see where what we were doing met with each other. Uh, yeah. Am I remembering that right, Jeremy? For sure. Yeah. I yeah. think we, it, it, it fit together, you know, really well. We both had a similar take, you know, sort of unconsciously without communicating with each other. It sort of was like a, a good, uh, a good match, I think. But that was also a function of the writing, which is sort of yeah. the way they were sort of already finishing each other's sentences. And, um, you know, their characters were, were pretty defined in terms of who wanted what for whom and who wore the pants in the family. <laughs> now, and, and now, just to be clear, just so everyone is listening and understands, now, when did you guys, did you guys know each other before this? When did you guys first meet? No, no we, we had never at met. The hotel. Yeah, met we met at the hotel in Albuquerque. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we had friends in common in the New York theater world, but I didn't, we had never, we never even met to say, hi, I'm Julianne. Yeah, we met Yeah, there. no. And then Bob wanted to have a rehearsal because he loves to rehearse. I love to rehearse. And, and, um, and I had known Bob from season one of Fargo, so he texted me and was like, I want to rehearse. So we got together, but we didn't even know if the Kettlemans actually took the money or not in that first episode i think bob called you vince and peter and said can we can you tell us like are we innocent victims here or are we like we kind of we knew nothing in almost. their minds we were sure yeah, yeah i was gonna yeah. say we're in well yeah i mean <laughs> that not, maybe that was a uh... self-fulfilling prophecy right yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. but we, we didn't, didn't do anything wrong yeah 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 and then we got fascinated by um uh people who really uh, had obviously done something wrong, but were very clearly felt they had not. So like the governor and his wife of, I think, Virginia were getting indicted at the time for kickbacks. The Bell County sc scandal was happening in LA and there were all these NPR interviews that we kind of went down rabbit holes on and we sort of started sharing YouTube videos with each other of real people. <laughs> and um so that that became i don't know we kind of went down that rabbit hole together we got so lucky with you two because i uh, just for the audience to understand you guys are i mean you're wonderful wonderful actors both of you as everyone knows as everyone who's listening to this knows but it's like there was an amount of luck here involved because you guys again what so everyone understands you guys you know the way it's done now you you're basically you have to which is kind of a sad thing the way it works nowadays it used to be you you you'd audition you know we'd have auditions in in real life you know you know face to face uh that's the way we used to do it on the X-files years and years ago you know bring the actor in and, and audition for the producers but now you have to shoot yourself on a like an iPhone right so we watched two iPhone videos that both of you guys shot separately in your own homes before you had ever met each other and it was like it was meant to be. It was fate or something. Because as great as these two were, you know, this is, you know, this is before the chocolate and the peanut butter got put together here. You know what I mean? <laughs> and and it was like, oh, I think that this this woman, 
this is Julianne is wonderful. And this, and this the gentleman, Jeremy, he's wonderful. How will they be together? You guys, all credit to you guys for being so, just so marvelous. And the, the way this, this thing of, you know, when you're getting together and, and I think it was the Homewood Suites in, uh, oh, yeah. in Albuquerque. The Homewood Suites yeah. and the, home, the Homewood Suites have kitchens. So we'd get together and we'd both bring our dinner or we'd both, you know, we, I think we went to Trader Joe's together. We were going out to eat together. We just kind of spent time together but neither of us are actually the kettleman so like we we just kind of i, I don't know i i think um i think uh both of us coming from a theater background meant we were really interested in sort of rehearsing and really talking out our characters and who they were and um we decided at some point that we practiced everything in the car which i think was a big key for the kettlemans that we we always practice what we're going to say ahead of time and then sometimes mr kettleman gets it wrong and sometimes he gets it right <laughs> so like yeah let's let's be clear when you say we practice it means you make sure that you run my lines with me that's make right. sure that mr that's kettleman's right. on no but that was a big that was a big like that was a that was a big opening and then vince that first day um i've never done actual character like exploration on a tv schedule on a set and that first day vince you came in at one point and you said to us you said i don't think he knew how to put on his socks before he met her and i was like oh okay i mean like all of it just kind of that first big scene in loyola's where you know we take the matchbook where where he tries to get us to sign a con the contract i don't know that we fully had them until halfway through that day like it, it was a real a true group effort and collaboration i think a great thing that day uh you know one of the key things that day um and this sort of goes to the fact that um that everyone on set, I mean, I feel like everyone knows what they're doing really well. And so there's a trust, you know, that you have Vince with just people doing their thing well and just trusting that. And one of those things was the fact that you said, the sound guys are great. You know, the sound people are wonderful. Mm -hmm. And so you guys can overlap, don't worry about that. And there was like a strong, uh, there's a, obviously a strong part of the Kettleman's that sort of that, that became a signature thing of them overlapping one another, finishing each other's sentences, or more likely uh, Betsy finishing my sentences. But um, <laughs> I think like trusting that and knowing that, that, that we could play with each other that way really developed something, you know, that was sort of larger than what we knew we had. And like Julianne said, I think during that day, that developed more and more and we sort of you know you would come and encourage us like that part was great when you guys overlap don't worry about that the sound will we'll work that out and i really think that that gave life to something that made the two things you know one yeah. you know one entity it made us like a uh, an entity together and, and, is, and to be clear that doesn't know. happen on all sets like that's there are a lot of sets where they want you to take turns talking and that we never would have discovered the kettlemans in that way had had right. the I mean, sound team been, not been so brilliant and so strong well exactly. it yeah. could have been just the opposite you know it could have been like i love what you guys are doing but you guys are sort of talking over each other so let's try to get those lines clear and it would have totally changed our dynamic our, yeah our that, that's what most and also you trust your editors to make that work as well that's something that has to kind of happen in post right like so I trust yeah. all of them except for chris yeah. oh, <laughs> shit. Right. i know I chris it. is in charge of editing this and this damn is it. Disaster. yeah damn I, it. I i also had a moment that day in loyola's and i'm sitting across from bob and he's so lovely and we had spent a bit of time together when we were in calgary and i was like oh because he was kind of, on Breaking Bad, he was kind of the most out there character. Like, he pushed the outer edge of right. what the tone was on Breaking Bad. Right. And I was sitting there looking at him, and I was like, oh, someone has to make him look normal. <laughs> like, I had this moment sitting at that table. I was like, oh, I'm supposed to make him look like a person, like a normal person here. <laughs> That was a really brilliant revelation. And so that, I, that, that I made that my job for myself. I was I like, okay, so that's my I don't so know that I job. could have made that. I, could, I don't know that I could have said that explicitly on that first day, but you're exactly right. You, you, yeah, we got to Someone needed to, somewhere yeah. needed to center him, right? Like yeah. he needed to, he needed to be yeah. center on this. And I, um, and I hadn't found that, you know, I still go to my dorky text analysis place as an actor and I hadn't sort of found that where do we where do we want belong what is our job in this story here right now and that day i was like oh that's the job yeah 
That was a really yeah. brilliant uh, realization. I don't think I even had yet. It was, <laughs> yeah, no, that you guys, God, you guys are gold. And then, uh, and how great are these two in in uh, episode two of uh, our final season? Here? Oh, My yeah. God. This, yeah, we, well, is, yeah. We, we were we were just talking about it a few weeks ago on the podcast, and and uh, we were I was I was reminded, and Vince, you were talking too about the just the little little tiny details of like Craig never being able to finish the drink that he's trying to drink. I mean, that start <laughs> the coffee thing was brilliant. That yeah. was all Vince, right? Like, oh, like, oh let's do the coffee thing. Like, oh, well, well, there was on, yeah. on, in, in, in season six. Uh, but I, I got that from you guys. I think, I think you guys came up with that way back in, uh, yeah, that happened season one. Yeah. Sort of spontaneously you, on the, when the waitress came over. Do you know, yeah. I didn't even realize it was happening. Like I went to the season one premiere and I think, and all of these, people from Sony and AMC were coming up to me saying, oh, we just saw the cut of episode seven and the coffee thing is hilarious. And I'm like, oh, that's great. And then I look at my husband and I'm like, I have no idea what they're talking about. Like, <laughs> it was just behavior. I had no idea what was You happening. dismissed the waitress. And I, yes. I wanted, well, I saw I that. I some I saw, coffee. I know, but I hadn't seen, we hadn't seen the episode yet. Like they had it and I had no idea what they were even talking about. It's it's so brilliant. It's so and, all, and some of the most brilliant stuff is is almost subconscious. You just I think you knew you were doing it without even knowing you were doing it. But just for folks who may be listening who don't who didn't quite catch it, uh, and now go back and look again. It's Mister Poor Mister Kettleman can never get a sip of coffee like ever. <laughs> I don't know that he ever got a sip of coffee ever. I realize in the American greed. Uh, I realized in the uh, maybe a good segue to the our wonderful American Greed yes uh, uh, mini episode. You finally do. It, there was a moment where you finally do get a sip of coffee. Yes, and I was so proud of you. I was so <laughs> happy. Yeah, you. thank you. Yeah, I made sure to. I made sure to do it. Valerie, what was it like to jump into that? You, you had to write for such specific voices on the show. It's not. That's not the easiest. Um, that's not the easiest. I think. Yeah. Well, I. I... I certainly had help, you know, Vince was there shepherding me expertly. Um, but you know, it was a lot of fun. I was the writer's assistant in season six of the room. So I kind of got a sense just from observing, you know, the writers pitching and, uh, obviously not like, uh, you know, looking over their shoulder as they're writing scripts, but I think a lot of, uh, the writers would pitch in character and they were just brilliant at, pitching long runs of dialogue. So I think you just kind of get a sense um, observing everything that these are the voices and you're going to give it your best try. I, you just blew my mind. And yeah, now I really, I really <laughs> I want there to either. be video of the writers pitching in the voices of the characters. <laughs> yes, I do. I want it so bad. Like, I really want to see that. I, I'm I, dying for that. If if that has come up on the podcast before, I am embarrassed because I that that is. News I don't think to it me. has, and I, we can thank me. Val for that because I, it is that is something I I don't even think of it that way. But sometimes, and, and Val's absolutely right. So it doesn't very often you pitching and Val can you Val can certainly attest to this. Very often we use the word blah blah a lot because we're pitching. And it was like, okay, so, uh, you know, Jimmy says, uh, uh, okay, well, you know, now, Kim, you don't understand. I have to do this because uh, uh, blah, blah, blah. And you literally use as, as a placeholder, you say, you literally say blah, blah a lot. <laughs> uh, but uh, in that, do you remember that, Val? We do that a lot. Yes. Or, or, or yada, 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 or whatever. But every now and then, it's the closest I'm ever going to get to what, which isn't close at all mind you but it's the closest i'm ever going to get to what uh, julianne and jeremy do which is every now and then because you both wonderful actors period but wonderful stage actors and i i every now and then once in a blue moon when you're in a writer's room and you're pitching i mean it, it happens in such fleeting moments but the clouds part a little and you go on a run of dialogue and it all just kind of flows and you feel like you're channeling the character and you feel like you're the character for maybe it maybe it lasts 10 seconds, maybe it lasts, you know, and it's I get the vague feeling. This must be what it's like when you're on stage, uh, yeah. when you, when things are really perking and, and, and cooking. And, and that's 
every now and then I get that feeling, but it's it's once every like uh, you know uh, you know uh, third presidential term or something. It's like it it doesn't happen very often at all. <laughs> no, you so. hit the pocket and you ride the wave. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. But Valerie, you you just kind of blew off. Oh, I just did this, you know, and I listened to everybody and I learned, and that's all well and good. But somebody asked me in an interview recently what my favorite Betsy Kettleman line was of all time, and I'm sure they expected me to say public school or. I'm sure they expected me to say all manner of things. And I quoted a line from the American Greece segment. Oh. And I quoted, we're survivors. because <laughs> Which is not the most exciting line ever. But I think it is so at the heart of Betsy. Like you, oh, yeah. You, uh, she so, sees herself. Yes. So, uh, you know, you can blow that off all you want. But all credit <laughs> to you for... No, but that takes a lot for a writer to really hit at the heart of a character, I think. So what well Val done. did a great job on this. And take a step back even. And, and yeah. what is the genesis of the... And, and by the way, if you're listening to the podcast and you haven't seen the American Greed segment... <laughs> Stop the podcast right now, please, and watch it. And it, it's, I mean, it's 10 minutes. It's the first, yeah. it's the, it's the, as they call it, the first 10 minutes of the American Greed show. And you can just, you can go to AMC's YouTube page or you can just Google American Greed James Morgan McGill. Um, so how, yeah, <laughs> how did this even come about the idea of it i sort of i think i kind of got the ball rolling myself but then all these val took it and made and and obviously uh julianne and jeremy took it and a bunch of people took it including uh, we're gonna give a big shout out to the folks at curtis productions but we'll, we'll get to them in a minute but basically i think the idea val as i recall the idea came in around around about 2020 or so we were working on on uh on our final season and we were <laughs> We were all kind of bemoaning the fact that between COVID and between, you know, all these other things, uh, it was going to be quite a while between season five and season six. And, you know, you always worry, are people still going to be wanting to watch the show? Or are they going to forget about it? You know, is the world going to have moved on? And I, I kind of like, I was kind of enamored of the idea of us doing uh, some sort of an hour long news show or documentary uh, of... And I was thinking initially something about maybe time it to the a certain anniversary of Walter White's demise, you know, looking back on using him as the, the, the fulcrum, but really talking about uh, his conciliary, uh, you know, uh, Saul Goodman. And and then I was uh, and and uh, I did, we weren't sure how to do it. And we knew it'd be an awful lot of work writing like an hour long thing. And then I was watching uh one of my favorite shows, American Greed, and it dawned on me, I was I was like on the treadmill or something. I'm watching an American Greed episode, which I, American Greed I've loved for a long time. It is a it is it is it's like eating potato chips. You got to watch one right after the other. It's like fascinating these stories of of real life criminals and and crooks and whatnot, and 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 their their boldness and their brassiness and, and you know and their their just outrageousness. And, and I'm watching one of these things and I'm thinking, God, what if we could do an American Greed episode about Saul Goodman? And, you know, the idea is the easy part. It's like that was basically my contribution. That's the easy part. Everyone says, <laughs> oh, the idea. The idea is the easy part. The execution is everything. And Melissa Bernstein uh, got to work making this thing happen our wonderful executive producer and a whole lot of other people worked super hard on it like jen carroll uh just uh, our, our wonderful producer jen and uh, god i mean a lot of people got this thing going but then curtis productions who created this show american greed they came in and they just took the ball and ran with it mike west and carmen jones and sean keenahan and all the good folks at curtis productions in chicago got excited about this idea once it was presented to, to them and and all credit to uh, the folks at uh, Sony, uh, Kevin Kelly, and especially the folks at AMC who really, they made this thing happen as much as anybody. Kevin Dreyfus and his team, uh, Tyra and Angelica and Andrea and Madhu over at uh, AMC, they, they were, everyone was so excited about this thing. I was, I was uh, so amazed and impressed that, that folks actually wanted to do this thing. And then, we said someone's got to write this, and and we thought Val and Val, you you killed it. You want to talk about the the you know like you studied the script. Uh, they gave us Curtis Productions gave us a script, and and uh, and you and I looked at it, and you, we were studying it, and, and you know, I like a script for like a normal episode. 
for I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, I didn't like make a that regular clear. episode, a, a regular. Curtis Productions was so wonderful and communicative and and sharing with their process. And and Val, you want to talk about that? Like looking, deconstructing or, or, or understanding one of their scripts, the way it worked, and then trying to emulate that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think I started with a breakdown. Uh, well, we started by watching episodes of the show. I So I embarrassingly had never seen the show. So I started by watching a few episodes of the show to get a sense of, you know, what their approach was and to storytelling and... Um, watched an episode on El Chapo and Michael Avenatti. Um, and then there was this guy, Eric Kahn as well, who is like, feels like he ripped a page out of the Saul Goodman handbook because he is, he was described as the PT Barnum of the law, a very colorful <laughs> guy. Um, and, and, and neither Vince nor I had, had known about him prior to this. It um, was amazing. We didn't, we didn't know of this guy's existence. And then you, you watch his episode. This is a lawyer, uh, Juliana Jeremy. This is a, a real life guy in, uh, in the South who had, uh, uh, like a life size Abraham Lincoln, uh, like, like Lincoln's seated Lincoln, like at the Lincoln Memorial, uh-huh. like a giant marble, uh, or some sort of stone statue of, of Lincoln, like, you know, 40 feet tall out in oh front of God. his, his office. And then he had a, he had a, he literally had a, like a bronze statue of Liberty, you know, anyone who's wow. seen that episode, I'm sure thought, <laughs> Oh my God, well, these, these guys just ripped off this real life guy, you know, Eric C. Kant, you know, uh, made, made up this character, Saul Goodman. We were, that was one episode I had not seen right hand to God. But uh, anyway, so uh, I'm sorry, I digressed us. Uh, so Val, talk, yeah, keep talking about the writing. Yeah, yeah so so I studied the episodes. And then, um, as Vince mentioned, Curtis was wonderful to provide a script and really just kind of wanting to, you know, there were a few different ways to approach this episode. I think I put together four pitches that Jen also helped me with and, um there were just kind of different ways that you could use this news episode to feature Saul Goodman. So I think one was sort of highlighting the transformation from Jimmy to Saul, which felt like the one that we kind of landed on. There was an episode um, pitch that was more focused on Francesca, but we didn't really want to tip, you know, her fate and what happens in season six. Um, And then one that was focusing more on the art of the scam and Jimmy's greatest scams and, you know, and his uh, most affected victims. And we kind of landed on a hybrid of those things, just pulling together our favorite parts of, um, of, of what this recap was doing for the audiences. And I remember when Vince first pitched it in the room in 2020, um, the idea was kind of tying these two universes together and reminding the audience of, you know, the room always said not every Better Call Saul fan has seen Breaking Bad. So it was just kind of a a reminder of what happened to Saul Goodman, you know, after he uh, fled Albuquerque. So I have a question. What? Okay. Because American Greed, they go interview real people because they talked a lot when we were shooting about how different it was to work with actors. Um, And so when you get a script from them, is it questions they intend to ask or is it what they think the person is going to say? Have they done research? Is there a little synopsis? Like how does a script for for an that's interview a, show like that work? That's an excellent question. It's, you know what? I guess, Val, we were looking at a finished. It must be more, more like, like a transcript. Right? I, you know what? Yeah, I think you're, sure yeah, I think you're right. I guess it was more of a transcript because I assume. Gosh, we should do a whole other one and get the great folks at uh, Curtis on this thing to talk about their process because they employed their process to make this episode. And we said to them in one of our initial Zoom or phone conference calls, they they were so wonderful and they were so flexible. And they said, how do you want to do this? And I said, I, I want you guys to do this the way you always do it. I said, the only difference here, the only conceit is, I assume, you know, usually you're, you're putting a camera up and you're, and the, and the person you're interviewing is giving you whatever it is they're in, you're, they're giving you. And then you figure out how to put it together. We obviously, we got to know what our characters are saying. We got to give you what they're going to say in advance. But other than that, how you guys put this together visually, you know, what shots, you know, we were so hands off because we knew, like I said, on the phone call with these guys, there's no one on earth who knows how to make an American great episode better than you guys. <laughs> yeah, so right. go with God, you know, 
But they were, you know, they talked a little that day about having to pull, you know, cohesive things out of people sometimes and how like when when people when you interview people like that it bounces around a lot like the 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 thread of the story bounces around a lot and which i found really fascinating how you it's how it's you a, put that together yeah that's a great question because it's a whole different set a whole different skill set a whole different set of muscles i would imagine that i i that i don't possess i i you know we always know i mean it's the, actually we do have those fun moments of discovery on the set and you were talking about that julianne and jeremy both of you guys are talking about that a little little bit ago where where you can create something uh those are great moments but but yeah in general with a show like american greed i guess you you know if you already know the story if i guess if you're doing like the uh the you know the eric c Kahn one and you know how it ended you you kind of like you said you kind of i suppose when you're asking the questions you know what right. about this what about that because there's but, a difference yeah. between no like those discovery moments on a set and the and the overall narrative like yeah. that's yeah like we're not trying to maintain the overall narrative right like in those little moments but we did have that day we you know they they have a lot of little moments there where that would that became improv for us not in what aired but like they were putting our microphones on they taped a lot of things that they tape as sort of interstitial stuff so that they can cut to like i think what the only thing that wound up in jeremy right was the files and the and the the sweet right. liberty coffee cups right but that's they when filmed, i got my cup of coffee yeah. that my is it was in my contract it was in my contract <laughs> <laughs> if i do this i get a sip of coffee richly deserved it turns out that it turns out that mr kettleman doesn't like coffee <laughs> <laughs> wow this is what it tastes wow, like the, yeah it's horrible they never knew <laughs> until american green yeah why do you guys think this it's um, <laughs> a podcast exclusive for you guys this is very exciting but like we didn't we knew that the kettleman's appearance in the second episode was a massive secret and we didn't know if the american greed people were privy to that or had signed anything oh. so jeremy and i had we had moments oh, that right. day yeah. we had moments that day where we were like uh could you uh, where we're like we're like turning off our, our microphones or where we're in the corner going so they don't know this so we can't do this so it has to be the, it, it was it was a little bit of threading a needle oh them. god bless you guys yeah I, I, I guess we hadn't i can't val i can't remember did we how much had did they know that we yeah we told them very little yeah, yeah I don't we, think they knew. we had our we had our coffee cups from our from our tax service and we were sort of like should we show that and then it's like oh. people will appreciate it later but people won't know yeah but is. they didn't oh. know what those were they yeah, were just they they didn't know they didn't like there were little easter eggs in it right and our wardrobe right. was from episode two right. so like there were little easter eggs there but they didn't know they were easter right. eggs it was an interesting it was an interesting exercise actually where'd you guys shoot this where'd you because we weren't there i wish we could have been val and i weren't there the day you shot it where were you guys how'd that work we were at a hotel in new york we? yeah in new, in new york, york. Yeah. yeah in like a ballroom of a hotel in new york wow. yeah that's yeah, cool. they were complaining because we weren't able. They did go to Albuquerque, though, right? Like, who did they? They interviewed mm -hmm. um, in Albuquerque. Who did they, they interview in Albuquerque? Um, so, yeah, in, in Albuquerque, I think they shot uh, Peter Dyseth, and then they've shot some wonderful B-roll of, of the exterior of Saul's now closed down office. And then they and then they ranged as far uh, west as uh, Los Angeles, where they shot uh, they shot uh, Julie Pearl, uh, our wonderful uh uh, chief uh, attorney for for Bernalillo uh, Bernalillo County, and then and then in New York they shot uh, Dennis Butzikaris. Uh, it was great seeing seeing him again on the sh on uh, on this on this special. I was amazed. I, and it was quite a budget, I think. AMC must have. I don't. I never. I never even asked. I was just like, but I was so happy this thing was getting made at all. But then when I saw the the range and the scope of this thing, they went literally coast to coast to shoot this thing. And and they shot a bunch of stuff in Chicago where Curtis Productions is based. They got some great footage uh, in in real life Cicero, Illinois, outside of right. Chicago. I like that. that. Uh, yeah, that was awesome. They shot all that stuff. That was all purpose shot for this. And, and then did they do the editing? Did they do post or did you guys do post? They did. I I didn't want to touch this thing. I wanted them, and they. I mean, because I, I say that because, again, to, to repeat that, uh, there's no one on earth better to make an episode of American Greed than yeah. the guys that do it week in and week out. They, these guys were, were, I mean, clearly they must have been, they must be fans of the show because the little details they put into it and the, and the you know, they just, all of the, 
all of the folks uh, they employ, uh, just what a great team they have at well, Curtis Productions. I was Vince, very impressed with them. Very they, impressed. They talked about being big fans of yours and of yeah, the show. They, did. they were very excited about They were freaking doing... out. They were like, Vince Gilligan watches American Greed. Yeah, they were. <laughs> they, were. they were so stoked. So they, um, I think that is also a testament to you and to Peter and everybody on the show. They were, they were such fans of the show and they were so excited to to be there and be part of it. But I also think it's exactly what you said though. And it's similar. I mean, I'm sort of on a running theme about sort of trusting everyone to do what they do well is like, you know, you could make a sort of pseudo American greed ish kind of thing. Yeah. Or, you know, you had the luxury of being able to actually go to American greed and like, we're going to give you a script. Can you make an American greed? And that's what it was. And that's what makes it so you, it's so specific and like, only they, like you said, could do that. They, I mean, the like and the it's court such a drawings special co- crossover. and all that stuff. It's like, like genius. Even I, just the two corporations, like, it, it, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like getting everyone to agree to work together and to do the. Th- it's such a special, I, special. I thing. couldn't agree more, Julianne. Every, the whole time it was happening, I, I said to myself, "The other shoe's going to drop. The other shoe's going <laughs> to drop. These guys want to do it." But somebody up the chain at CNBC or, or NBC Universal or whatever, some, somebody right. is finally going to trickle upward, you know, through capillary <laughs> action. It's finally going to get to some guy at the top who's on a phone in some office with a ticker tape going, buy, sell, buy. What is this? Yeah. What? We're doing something to make some other network look good? No. Well, and it went right. up on the CNBC website. And even AMC just allowing that to happen is even a big deal. Like it's it's really I don't know. It was impressive all the way across the board. It, it, it reminds me of Kelly Dixon always used to say about Breaking Bad and then Better Call Saul that it's you know the place where dreams come true and where you can you can just you know where people get opportunities and that that happens time and time and again. I mean. Val, you're a great example. And and before that, uh, Arielle Levine uh, wrote uh, that Jen Carroll directed, wrote this, the, the short no, no Picnic starring, oh, the Kettlemans. And, yeah. uh, and uh, it was a fun know. day. I came out and visited you guys watching Jen directing yes. that thing. That was uh, out near uh, Agua Dulce up uh, yes. north of Los Angeles. It yeah, was great. great. But job. also, like, I love that Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad are this world. Like, one of my favorite writers from season one is Jen Hutchison who began on a similar track, right? She was your assistant, right, Vince? I like that you guys um, nurture the talent around you. And I I think that's unique too. Not all shows do that. If people who don't do that only understood how ultimately self-serving it can be (laughs) to get the best out of people, (laughs) it makes you look good. I mean, uh, it's not a zero-sum game. It doesn't have to be. You play it that way. But, I mean, it's, it's if everyone is invested if everyone a big big word now stakeholder but if everyone's a stakeholder in the work that they're doing uh in the in the tv show they're putting on in this case uh it, it you know it, it it it's not a selfless act on my part it's uh you know but well, uh but i appreciate those that those kind words but it's not it's not just because it's not just because i'm wonderful it's because i want to make the best show and i'm well, greedy for that also collaboration is more fun right like the kettlemans yeah. don't exist in their Form right now without massive amounts of collaboration across the yeah. board. Like, well, they wouldn't have been what yeah. they were without you guys. I'm telling you, you guys, I think you guys, yes, it is always collabor- It is always a collaboration, but I think the lion's share of what makes the Kettleman's great was you two and, and the work you guys did that I, I wasn't even aware of for the longest time, all the, all the time you guys spent together on your own dime you know, off, you know, uh, like talking, you know, when you're, you know, in, in advance of shooting a scene, all, all that stuff is so wonderful to me. It tickles me so much, all of that. Because you guys have been on shows, uh, I'm sure, where people just show up and like, you know, what are the lines? And, you know, and, you know, yeah. it, it just, that must be no fun. Yeah. There, well, there's times when people actively don't want, they, I think there's, there's a thought process in the acting world of protecting spontaneity. Um at, for me, I need, I need the work and the rehearsal so that I can be spontaneous, so that things can come alive in the moment. But I, I don't. Yeah, I think I don't, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah, I think I like the I like the collaboration. I mean, sometimes rehearsal is running lines, and sometimes it's talking about moments, and sometimes it's talking about character. Right. I think all of those things are 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 super valuable. But I think Vince, one 
one thing you said on on this on this very podcast and on a different episode that I heard was that you know advice that you would give to someone who was a director was to to not say no right away to something mm. and I think you know I think that spirit kind of pervades the show and and I'll be bold to say maybe all good shows or all good maybe things um, is like people's lack of ego and being willing to say maybe someone has a good idea here and maybe if it's not exactly right it will lead to something that is right absolutely that's, that's great and you know I think each episode probably you know in a way each moment of each episode but like I think that's the that's the strength of the Breaking Bad world it's probably the strength of all great TV shows and this American Greed is a perfect example like to give the American Greed people the freedom to to make it is like you said why wouldn't you do that why why would you say I you know I'll take it from here right whereas (laughs) I love the way you put that and that and back to these folks I mean uh, yeah they directed this thing they 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 it was their I mean like the the drawings the uh all the the little Brilliant. all these wonderful little details I, we were so hands off more than I, more than even usual uh and and uh, god it, it paid such dividends they it just everything on every visual thing on that American Green special that was all the guys the folks the good folks at Curtis Productions they came up with all of it if it yeah. what were their names the the folks at Curtis it's Mike and Carmen and Sean my uh, the the three main folks there's plenty of other folks who you know in, in terms of as we're talking about collaboration i'm sure they themselves would say they had a whole team of wonderful folks helping them but mike west carmen jones and sean keenahan were the were the main three folks uh yeah and on the set it was great because it was the people who actually go around and make the shows and uh even the sound guy on the day was very dedicated uh, to like, he, it bothered him that there were horns because we were in New York and we weren't supposed to be in New York, right? right. We were shooting in New York and we were supposed mm-hmm. to be just somewhere in Albuquerque. And um, uh, he, uh, there were things that he was very attuned to that I wouldn't think someone on a show like that would be used to or, or would be that attuned to, you know, like someone on like an interview documentary style show, you just fly with the moment, right? You're not necessarily thinking about, I don't know, c- cuts and turnarounds and and how that edits maybe yeah it's it's i it's just it's great work with our pros and these guys are yeah i know and and val i'm so sorry you couldn't be on the set i'm sorry i couldn't either i couldn't visit the set but uh what was it like watching the uh watching the finished product oh it was amazing i mean as you said uh we we were just so happy with that the first time they sent the first cut over and um yeah as you said the details you know there's a scene where um the actor who plays Jimmy in one of their recreations is eating Cheetos and he puts it on the scales of justice. <laughs> right. That was all did them. They, I did loved they all do that? that they came up with that? Yeah, that yes. was all. We didn't, right. I mean, so good. So, Val, Val wrote a wonderful script, an absolutely wonderful script, but it is Val. It's safe to say it was really all about the words. And usually that's, we were usually very much attuned, probably even first and foremost to the visual but this really was about the words and making sure the characters talked, told, you know, expounded the information we needed to, 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 you know, to, to give to the audience and, and basically have them written in character. But all the visual stuff, that was all the folks at Curtis. And that the cast, these wonderful lookalikes, that was, that was all. I there. love that. I love it. Fantastic. Well, yeah. Melissa Bernstein, I know she mentioned that sort of being disoriented. This is a testament to how great those recreations are and how effective yeah. they are. But she was, cause she was there when, when Peter and, and uh, Bob, when, when during, in, during Better Call Saul, when they were shooting those fake commercials and she actually had the cue cards cause it was sort of this rogue unit. And she, uh, when she saw them doing that, she was like, is that, was that foot? Do we have footage of that? And, and it, cause it was so well done. I mean, she knew yes. it, clearly, of course it, it couldn't be, but it was that good. It's a testament to how good they are. And, yeah. and, and I can also confirm like Vince, cause I was, we were, we saw it for the first time together right? and, yeah. and Vince immediately said, 
let's watch that again. Like you were so enthusiastic <laughs> about it. Oh yeah. And, and it is, it's great. It's so yeah. well done. And, and I think we, I know we have to wrap up shortly, but um, I, you know, I, I think we should definitely shout out Stacy Keach. The, uh, oh, my God, oh my God. Stacy Keach. Oh my God. Shout out to yeah. Stacy. The legendary. Yes. That yes. Dramatic, gorgeous, amazing yes. voiceover. I, yeah. Oh my he, God. That's such... like iconic. Oh, that was, yeah. I gotta tell you, I got to meet him once and it was actually long before this. It was before I ever knew we were going to be doing this, but it was probably a couple of years ago. And I got to meet him at an award ceremony. And it was such an honor to meet him. And I said to him, I'll say it for the podcast, my my, my grandfather, who used to run a bookshop back in uh, Richmond, Virginia, uh, Vincent T. Gilligan, my, my, my dad's uh, father, was such a big fan. I told him this. I said, Mr. Keach, I, I got to tell you, I wish my grandfather was here because he was such a big fan of Mike Hammer, your Mike Hammer show in the early '80s, and he he'd be over the moon to have met you. And he was like this gracious gentleman, and I love his voice. I love the I love the job oh he does. God. It was neat. It's uh, perfect. Yeah, it's it so was... deep and dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> He's a cool. Well, guy. again, it's like it's, it's so like if it's like if you're like I want to make a fake preview, and I kind of want to have a guy that's like in a world where so and so. Right, right. Let's actually get the guy that guy. You know what I mean? It's like. Stacy Keach is that guy for American Greed, obviously. And so when he's like Jimmy McGill or, you know, when he's talking about these other these fake characters, it <laughs> makes it immediately real, which was the point. But it's so well, I just wanted to say one other thing that was amazing was when they use the when they use the um, like fake actors and they have Jim, uh, Jimmy and Kim like smoking cigarettes against the wall. Yes. Yes. And it was almost so the perfect. wall, but not yeah. quite exactly. the wall. It was so right. perfect for recreation. It was like in the it shadow so and it was just yeah. like. And I think, I wonder if they put some kind of like digital, like there was a shadow there, but I wonder if they kind of digitally darkened them down. It was like, but it was right, great. Right. It was very cinematic. It was very well yeah, done. Totally. It was totally. very, it was, uh, and I want to give again a shout out to, uh, to, uh, to Dennis and to uh, Julie and, and to, to Peter uh, for, for also uh, for being a part of this uh, uh, along with, along with God, Jeremy and Julianne, you guys having you five, was it uh, you five actors uh, in this thing was such a pleasure to see all of you, all of your characters again. Yeah. Well, I, I, I wish we had more time though. We did, we did go on and on uh, on the, the 602 podcast about how, fucking awesome that whole the ev- everything with you guys in in the trailer and the showdown uh with with kim and and uh or or and uh, also of mr kettleman uh he's dialing nine to get out oh my God. <laughs> i always say to jeremy i'm like i'm like trying to memorize all this law lo- these long beautiful brilliantly written things of dialogue and I'm like and you're gonna steal it man but like this is so not this non-verbal this is how the kettlemans go like I work really hard you know or we work really hard together and I'm I have I I, I have all this uh dialogue heavy lifting and then Jeremy steals it with a coffee cup or a or a dial nine to get out or all, all those little like it's the brilliance of of Mr. Kettleman. Like it's the brilliance like of both right of you. There. It, it yeah, none of that would so be good. anything. You take yeah. one away, the other doesn't work. By the way, I, I want to say real quick that moment of of that moment where you kind of get real for a moment. It and one of my favorite mm-hmm. moments. I love what Julianne was saying about the survivor line. One of one of the saddest, most poignant moments yet uh, for Mr. Kettleman was that moment in this. Where where you say yeah I kind of I think I kind of understand if you're you know if you live your life yeah. in the well, shadow the way you guys play shadow. that and, and you like know. Mr. Kettleman <laughs> is actually wise like he's wise yeah. until until Valerie came along who knew Mr. Kettleman was wise Valerie so knows good. I love it. I also contend you know there's a lot of um uh there, there's a, a a lot of uh visual attraction for betsy kettleman online in the world and i swear i think it's because mr kettleman is just so happy to be there and do whatever she wants like what? i think yeah. that's all uh, i think that's all jeremy i think i said no, that in the I, season I think... one insider podcast i think i really do think it's that mr kettleman is so willing to just be led by her and is and is obviously having such a happy life about the whole thing i really think it's him i really do oh, think nah. that. i mean you know you whatever but that. like but yeah. i i do i think I it's it's that. it's the kettle mania that's sweeping the nation and i know that's, that's yeah, what's going on kid 
Kettleheads. Before, before we wrap up, can we get a quick uh, uh, hear what you guys are up to currently? What you what you we should be looking out for for what you guys are doing next? Um, I have um, a limited series, uh, Five Days at Memorial, that'll be coming out that, that the great John Ridley wrote and Carlton mm-hmm. Cuse, John and Carlton uh, 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 directed all of it, and uh, um, Vera Farmiga, Cherry Jones, Robert Pine. It's a wonderful cast, Cornelius Smith Jr., um, Adipero Duye. Like, it's a, it's a really wonderful, wonderful, uh, wonderful group. Fantastic. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. I'm in Toronto in a hotel right now. Uh, and I'm shoot. I don't know if I'm supposed to say what I'm shooting, but we I'll say it, it to you guys and you can cut out. I'm shooting. Oh, wow. Ooh, cool. Jeremy. Oh Yay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Hey, I spent, this, I spent six months up there for five days. Like, Oh really? Like, this is my yeah, first time I'll, here. It's nice. I'll send you a little uh, yeah, list so of I'm places just, to go. Please do. Yeah. And then when I go back, I'm going to be, I'm going to be in four or five episodes of Oh, nice. Oh. And and I want, when you edit this, Chris, I want you to just, uh, when he says, I can't say what it is, but it's just have a beep. Oh, yeah. Put, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We've, been, we've, been hitting, we've been hitting the beeps pretty hard this oh, year okay. because they're, because we're, you know, we're in the middle of working on this stuff still. And oh, right. so much of the story, Spoilers. like one thing leads to another and they're all really connected. And, and so we've, we've had to. In the podcast, we forget ourselves sometimes, and so there's been a lot of beeps. Well, you guys did a great job keeping the Kettleman's under wraps, and you know my my team was not necessarily thrilled about that. They wanted <laughs> to like use it, but but it was a hundred percent the right thing to do. I mean, it was, and you did such a good job. Uh, I I really thought it would leak. I really did not think it would. You know, we would get all the way to that night without. Well, it wasn't just us; it was you guys. Thank you so much for your uh, your 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 attention to it and your your hard work and keeping it keeping it under wraps. But uh, God, people were so excited to see you two again. I I know I was. Look, I was on Twitter that night, and I couldn't keep up with it. It was, it was, uh, it was a lot. It was effusive and, and a lot, and uh, and and pretty beautiful. But that's all because you kept it, you kept it under wraps. So, so don't spoiler things if you're out there listening. Don't uh, don't spoiler yeah. things for people. It's 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 very fun and exciting and dramatic to watch it happen. Yeah, I always say people yeah. think they want to know what happens next, but they really don't. Oh, they want to, exactly. I mean, they do ultimately, but they, they want to. Re- and they really yeah. think no, they want Oh, yeah, they want They really, yeah, they really, really yeah. think, but they don't, yeah. My dad called after the episode aired, and, and he said, can I tell people now that, that you were on it? <laughs> God <laughs> bless him. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's, I, love, that's, I didn't have yes. met your dad. I love your dad. That's, that's so great. sweet. That's awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. so sweet. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for doing this and taking the time. I, I thank yeah. you for thank taking you for the time. Super fun conversation. And um, you know what we do on this podcast? Sometimes we we have our guests uh, take us out with uh, sort of a Saul Goodman style, like Better Call Saul. And uh, I wonder, we've never done this, but but Julianne and Jeremy, would you guys do the honors of of uh, both giving us a better call, Saul? And and you could either try to do it at the same time, or uh, or because yeah. uh, that always Kettleman works style. on Zoom. Yeah, we'll do it Kettleman style. Yeah. We'll oh, that's Kettleman fun. Style. Oh, yeah. yeah. Great. That'd be yeah, awesome. We'll do a Kettleman style. So funny. You want to do the? Um, you, okay, you start. Bet- no, I think we you should. Can... You should do the. Okay. Okay. Ready? Better. Okay. okay. Go ahead. And better. Better. You have to do this. Okay. No, you have to do it like him. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, you yeah. know, like with the better, like on the commercial. Okay. So ready? Okay, go, we, go, go. Yeah, okay, no, ready? Yeah. Better uh, be- call. Stop. <laughs> yes. Yes. That was, that was fantastic. fantastic. Oh, that was the best one yet. Yeah, 100%. Oh, wow.